0: Huda and welcome back to Canal Street Chronicles Podcast. I'm Ros as always, Brendan Ertle. I'm back after a few weeks, a few week break. You know, there's not a ton going on, Saints wise, Saints news wise. Had some dental work done, uh got 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 real sick for a little bit there and my voice wasn't there and you know, finally getting back to where I can talk confidently and talk Saints football and you know there hasn't been a lot to talk about, but a thing I did want to talk about for a long time is this insane crazy off season and just the roller coaster that it was and just kind of appreciate where we came you know this is gonna be one of the most crazy off seasons in Saints history uh, in terms of good and bad and highs and lows and even some crazy things along the way this has been you know an insane Saints off season and I felt like a little bit there that it was going one way or the other but We're going to talk about every single aspect from start to finish of this wild offseason and how far we've come. So let's just kick it off and let's start. And the start of this offseason for the Saints, it was really tough. And it started out in January, uh, January 25th to be exact. We had some rumors going around about maybe Sean Payton will want to coach somewhere else. Maybe he's going to retire. Maybe he's going to pursue broadcast. All these rumors, and I came on the podcast as well and said, you know, those rumors are just rumors. They happen every single offseason. I don't really buy into it much. And then January 25th rolls along, and he officially retires. And he has a press conference and just discusses his past 16 years with the Saints. You know, the Super Bowls, the highs, the lows, getting Drew Brees, finding a way to, you know, fight through Hurricane Katrina. And I'll be the first one to admit I teared up big time over that over that press conference not because I was you know sad it was over more so happy it happened but it felt like you know it, there were some unfinished business it felt like we weren't done that being Sean Payton and the Saints I felt like we had more to do you know he brings on the successor this Sean Payton genius is this quarterback IQ god and just can change anyone can help anyone you know he brings in Jameis Winston who needs help from you know the best teachers in the world and he gets it and he gets an opportunity then goes down and just one of the toughest seasons you know probably Sean Payne will ever have if he comes back coaching was this season you know breaking the record for most starters in a year and still almost finding a way to get to the playoffs I mean it was pretty incredible what they went through and all the COVID issues and I was at the Dolphins game where it was like we were rolling out pretty much a JV team out there and pretty much got embarrassed on I mean, at football it was just a tough, tough year. And it felt like something that, you know, you didn't want to end your season on that. That was that was tough. And you don't want to end your career with the Saints on that. But he, he did, and he decided to step away. He felt like it was time for him. You know, he had a new wife, new situation, a new movie came out. And he just felt like it was his time to step away and move on and go on with his life. And, you know, he's doing TV now. We'll see him on TV next year. And who knows what will happen beyond that. He'll probably come back and want to coach, you know, the following year and maybe get some traffic for him. But, you know, the future of Sean Payton, we, we don't really know. But just starting the offseason like that, no no one expected that. I mean, even the Saints reporters were like, you know, you call the cap on that. And the rumors were rumors like they are every year. And they just happened to be true this year. And it sucked. It really did suck to lose him. And it felt like from that moving forward, it was like, you know what, this maybe this season isn't going to be the best in 2022. So then, for the first time in 16 years, the Saints are looking for a head coach, and it was a really weird process for for me, probably for Mickey and all the staff there, uh, looking for a new head coach. And, you know, the obvious front runner was Dennis Allen from the get go. They interviewed guys like uh, you know Aaron Glenn, who's with Detroit now. Eric Bieniemy was a guy that we thought maybe had a chance. Um, There was tons of guys, tons, and, you know, after a kind of a short interview process, we kind of all thought it was going to be Dennis Allen, and it turns out it was, and in February, February 7th to be exact, uh, they named Dennis Allen the head coach uh, of the Saints, and, you know, we kind of all predicted this, we kind of all thought it was a smart move to make, Um, a lot of it said it, it was a modest move, it was, you know, a conservative move, Just because, you know, his stint from the Oakland Raiders wasn't the best. But, you know, he's had tons of success here. And I think it was unfair for a lot of us to judge his past coaching to this stint. Because, you know, he was in a really bad situation with the Raiders. And, you know, a a position where he was a first-time head coach in a situation that was unstable. And this has been one of the most unstable environments in the National Football League. And hiring him it sent a message to the whole locker room to the whole NFL that the Saints were going to keep their culture and, and try to move forward with uh, what they had after getting Dennis Allen the next question was obviously going to be who was their quarterback because Jameis was a free agent you know we had the rumors that maybe Russell Wilson would want to join the Saints um, some uncertainty about if he the Seattle Seahawks would ever trade him um, obviously he did end up getting traded shortly after the Sean Payton retirement, uh, but after Sean Payton retired, it kind of seemed unlikely that the Saints would you know, be a spot for Russell Wilson because Russell was attracted to New Orleans, but he was also you know, the main reason was Sean Payton and teaming up with him and what he did with Drew Brees uh, was remarkable and he wanted to do the same thing and obviously it didn't work out and the quarterback the Saints decided to go after early in the free agency process was a shock to all of us and i mean we all know what happened dennis allen and co we were worried about them not being aggressive we were worried about them being conservative continue to keep that sean payton mentality of you know we got guys in house we like uh dennis allen didn't roll with that they went big they had their biggest recruiting pitch to, to deshaun watson and his case and You know, it was the Saints, Falcons, Browns, and Panthers going after him for, it felt like, years, but it was more two to three weeks. And, you know, that was right when free agency opened. Uh, Obviously, the Saints signed Marcus May in that time, too. Uh, There was tons of Tyron Matthew rumors in that time. And, you know, maybe Tyron Matthew wanted to join this core and join, you know, go back to hometown. But the Deshaun Watson rumors took over, and it weren't rumors. The Saints were heavily, heavily pursuing Deshaun Watson. You know, they flew out, they did their discussions, they did their process of checking this guy off, and the situation was bad then, but looking at it now, it's even worse. There was a short period in that process where it felt like the Saints were front runners for just a second. It was the Panthers, the Browns, and the Saints. And, you know, they had their meeting, and then they had a second meeting with the whole crew. And it felt like at that point Deshaun was leaning to the Saints, and you know it was Deshaun's choice because he had a no, a no trade clause that he got to waive, and to get to the table was three first round picks and more. Um, there were some players involved too. Rumored that one of them was Caesar Ruiz. Uh, Caesar Garner Johnson was acting like he was in the deal on on Twitter, but who even knows what was in that trade package and if the players even knew. Um, but yeah, there was a short period where we kind of had the expectation that maybe he'd be a saint and there were some mixed emotions with that it's like yeah his situation was bad bad then and he I mean we all know it I'm not going to go into it too much but it felt like there was a big suspension coming and little did we know where we sit in the Deshaun Watson process is a lot worse than what it was early in this free agency It it, it feels like the expectation is a year and somewhat more some want him gone longer than a year. Uh, so obviously the Saints dodge a huge bullet in that because the Browns step in. They're like, okay, we'll give you the contract you want, and it's fully guaranteed because we know you'll miss time. I mean, there was no there guar- there was there was a guarantee that he was going to miss time. And the Browns and Deshaun Watson, I mean, that was his main thing. He wanted his money, and he wanted to have it whether he was suspended or not. And there were some character issues with that. And, you know, I would say a majority of the Saints fan base relied and leaned on Jameis Winston being the quarterback, even in that situation, just because of character standpoint and the culture. We kept talking about culture. Does Deshaun Watson fit the Saints' culture? You know, maybe as a rookie he would, but at this moment, it just doesn't seem like he would. And the Cleveland Browns or the Cleveland Browns. They, they did what they wanted to do. Um, and thank God he chose the Cleveland Browns because this would have been a really – bad situation with a talented, talented Saints Ross with a quarterback that you were unsure of when he would ever step on the football field again. Now obviously he's still practicing still with the Browns, but you know, most people in the NFL want a season of Deshaun Watson gone, if not more. So Dodge is a huge bolt there. Um there was a week period where it was kind of dead. The Saints maybe kicked the tires around the NFL and just saw it was there and Obviously went back to Jameis Winston signed a two-year deal. That was a breath of fresh air for me for Saints fans. Uh, Jameis had so much promise in year one with the team starting. Uh, obviously went down with the ACL injury and just sucked. It felt like you know he deserved a second chance and he was really getting to know the Saints offense. And that first quarter it, in the Bucks game was phenomenal. I mean he was facilitating the offense he was running it he was doing everything so well his last pass as a saint you know was that beautiful touchdown pass to Trey Kwon Smith and it was fitting that that was the last pass you know that was all the hard work that he's put in and he's not done so the Saints signed uh Jameis Winston and then they were in a similar situation to what they were before where it was maybe a conservative offseason and they paid the price of waiting for Deshaun Watson and because they lost out on their own free agents. You know, their best tackle, uh, one of the best tackles in the National Football League, Toronto Armstead, walked away from the Saints. He would say he'd maybe stay if Deshaun came to New Orleans and he ended up going to Miami, got a big deal there. The Saints couldn't keep him. Uh, This was during the Deshaun process. Also, Marcus Williams uh, walks to Baltimore, gets a huge deal the Saints didn't want to match. Just a price that just priced him out of New Orleans in a lot of ways more than one and you know the Saints signed James Winston but they lose Teron and Marcus so it's like they're losing their core and the two top free agents again you know step away and just get out bid honestly and the Saints couldn't keep them it wasn't necessarily a cap reason that the Saints just, and Mickey wanted to be more conservative with the money at the time and it sucked it felt like at that point we were you know taking steps huge steps backwards you know you lose Sean Payton you lose Terrell and Armstead. You lose Marcus Williams. You're losing all these key, key pieces. And it feels like you need to replace uh, a lot of things. And the timeline wasn't matching up. And uh, Mickey made a great, great move shortly after with the Philadelphia Eagles. And it actually wasn't his idea. It was the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, the Eagles called the Saints. They're like, hey, we have three first-round picks this year. Do you guys want one? Uh, we'll." Tr-, and they wanted a future one. Probably, you know, to put all their chips in this year and see – if Jalen's their guy, and if not, go after one next year. But the Saints were interested. Obviously, it made sense getting two first-round picks this year. Uh, And they did the deal. They traded their future first, uh, future second, and future third and some later-round picks, and they got an extra first-round pick this year. And that was exciting. That felt like the right move at the time was to get those picks and bolster this roster in a cheaper way through the draft. And that's exactly what they did. You know, once the draft rolled around, it was an exciting time. It was a time where... We all wanted a wide receiver, to say the least. And we all kind of thought we knew who the draft was. And it was an interesting draft because we never really know who Sean Payton and, and co. would take. It was always a curveball. But this year, it was wide receiver. It was Garrett Wilson, Chris Salave, Jameson Williams. Give us one of those three and we're happy. And find a way to get a tackle one of those picks as well. And that's exactly what happened. You know, they traded up. They traded their future picks like they always do. Went up to 11, got Chris Olave. I couldn't have been happier with the deal. It doesn't matter what you're giving up. You needed the position. It was a position of need. Uh, He fit the mold of a Saints player. He's a great talent. I felt like, you know, he was one of the best wide receivers in his class. I recorded my reaction live, and my reaction kind of told the whole story. I mean, I was such a big fan of Chris Olave at Ohio State. And, you know, his last, one of his last games was in the Superdome against Clemson. And, you know, a fantastic outing and it was just fitting that Chris Lave was a saint and then at that point it was like can we find a way to get a tackle one of the three or four top tackles I and mean, the draft work kind of fallen uh, more perfectly for them Trevor Penning falls to them you know a, a raw guy that can definitely start week one but definitely needs some work uh one of the big maulers in this draft and was had tons of buzz around the draft um And earlier in the combine as well. And he was just a big, big boy. And they filled the two positions that they needed to absolutely. And they did that early in the draft. Obviously, the rest of the draft was pretty good as well. But those two picks were the main picks. And those were the guys they needed. The two biggest guys they needed. And then at that point, there was some excitement for the Saints offseason. They found a way to get a wide receiver. They found a way to replace Tron Armstead in a cheap way. And even if they didn't, they have James Hurst, who's a reliable backup. And then we thought, you know, maybe Dennis Allen's the guy. Maybe he's a little bit more aggressive than we thought. And once, you know, the draft rolled around, there was a couple days roll by, and there was some buzz going around with, you know, the Honey Badger. And he took a visit with New Orleans earlier on. And I feel like Saints Twitter played a big part, you know, not in them signing with the Saints, but creating a buzz around Tyron Matthew coming home. Uh, He was liking tweets. He was liking, you know, photoshops of him in a Saints uniform. He even liked some of my tweets about him uh, coming to New Orleans. And he couldn't hold back his excitement. Obviously, they were super aggressive, got a three-year deal done with him. Uh, I felt like that was a smart move. They lost some talent. They lost leadership, Obviously, and they needed another locker room guy, and they got that in Tyron Matthew. And he fit a position of need and a leadership role that they needed as well. So that was a huge step for them in getting Tired Matthew and the Honey Badger and bringing him home. And, you know, the Saints locker room couldn't have been happier. C.J. Gunner Johnson was probably the main advocate for him to come back. You know, Demar Davis as well, Mark Ingram, they all did great at recruiting him. But he didn't need much recruiting he said this is a place where he always wanted to be after a bad breakup in Kansas City. Coming back home a Super Bowl champion, it just all made sense for him to come back. And, you know, that was a really big point in the Saints offseason where it felt like we were at such a low point, a such a low point. Lose your coach, you know, we go after this big-name quarterback with some big-name issues. We don't get him. We bring back our guy who, who we, we owed it to him to bring him back and you just want to build around that guy and the mickey and the saints were like yeah we trust you we trust you to build a, a good team and we're going to build a good team around you you just we just got to go do it and the training wheels were on him last year and you know they took him off they're going to take him off this year and they weren't done after they signed tyron matthew obviously there was a week or two where we got to be super excited about tyron matthew but then they went and double dipped with lsu products obviously bringing in jarvis landry and you know Juice, just incredible, incredible move for them and brought even more excitement to this team. And they obviously had all these little signings around the team and built out this roster through free agency through the draft and retooled rather than rebuilt. It felt like at a time where we were in a stage where maybe we need to rebuild and they did it again. They retooled, bringing in Jarvis Landry for a one-year $3 million deal. Whether he plays two games or 17, that is a steal, for the Saints again another leadership person this was a wide receiver room that was badly badly bruised and it was not a good roster in terms of the wide receiver position um they needed some help and they got with Chris Olave. you're getting Michael Thomas back healthy he's out there running routes on social media you bring in Jarvis Landry hopefully they can keep him from longer than one year but let's just focus on this year just look at that the the, the 360 of this offseason was incredible. And you got to owe it to Dennis Allen. If Sean Payton was here, it probably lo- would have looked a lot different and how they approach things. Because Dennis, he trusts Jameis. And you bring in guys, as a defensive mind head coach, you bring in guys that you know you can't stop. Jarvis is one of those guys. Chris Love is one of those guys. MT is one of those guys. He's coming back healthy. This Saints offseason, we need to appreciate. In many ways, in one. Mike Triplett said it best. He said this was not the best Saints offseason of all time, but it was the comeback offseason and probably going to be the biggest comeback offseason for Saints history uh, for sure. There's not going to be much like this, and we need to appreciate this year because this is going to be something special. This roster is going to be, you know, it's a really talented roster. They're not just going to challenge. They're not going to challenge for a wild card spot. They're going to challenge for, you know, one of those top four seeds. The NFC is not what it used to be. This is a you know a weaker NFC than years past. Green Bay lost a big piece in Devonte Adams. You know the Rams lost some pieces. The Bucks lost some pieces. Some other teams lost some pieces. The Saints are going for it, and we need to appreciate that. Training camp's coming up. It's going to be super exciting to watch this team. So sit back appreciate what the saints have done this off season and the buzz around the new orleans saints the buzz around the new orleans pelicans the buzz around the lsu tigers appreciate this narrative changing that louisiana is not this top tier sports city uh the narrative like antonio daniel says the narrative is changing it's changing with the saints it's changing with the pelicans and it's going to be a really really exciting year for louisiana sports and you know one to remember there's gonna be tons of he- headlines and when jarvis comes out of that tunnel when Tyron comes out of that tunnel. When James comes out of that tunnel. When we get to see Michael Thomas catch his first pass. When we get to see Zion back on the court. It's going to be a really, really exciting year for all New Orleans teams, and I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed today's episode, just breaking down this incredible offseason and how far we've come from day one to now. Uh, really got to sit back and appreciate. As always, please, you guys, tune in, and thank you guys for all the love and support. I'll see you guys next episode. Hey. Who dat? Hey. Let's go.